0: I really gotta get new music, I really do. I like it. It feels like I'm going to Hogwarts. In my head, I'm on the train. If I'm sick of the music, I can imagine everybody else is sick of it. But anybody, anyways, welcome back everyone. This is Castlin from Always Acting Up podcast and blog. Yes, that's right, we do have a blog which we talk about the actor's lifestyles on how to look, feel, and perform better in front of the camera and in life. But this podcast is all about tips and tricks on how to succeed, the journey, the path, navigation. We got Q&As. We got all kinds of really, really, really fun, amazing stuff. This episode, we're going to talk all about what it's like being a female in the entertainment industry, as well as the mentality of an artist, I have a very special guest. But before I give her a fabulous introduction, I want to give a shout out to you guys for supporting and uh, joining me on this journey. Because if you've been following along, it's been bananas—just absolutely bananas sometimes. So your likes, comments, all of that is greatly, greatly appreciated. And before I give my guest an introduction, I have a quick question for you guys. So whether you're listening on the podcast on your podcasting platforms, or if you're watching it on YouTube, my question for you is, what is your definition of success? Let me know. Tell me what you think. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and welcome my guest. She is an actress producer. She's a rapper. She's been in all kinds of music videos and commercials. In fact, you can actually see her on the Tanashe, featuring ASAP Rocky on the Pretend music video. Tory Lanez, The Godfather. Dope. But most importantly, y'all, she is the writer the lead actress, the boss of the feature film, Takeout Girl. Everybody, welcome to the podcast, Hetty Wong.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited you're here. I am grateful. I feel like we've been trying to have a podcast with you on for a little while now. And I remember actually reaching out to you when I was first starting my podcast. Like, you were one of the first people I reached out to. It
1: was during the pandemic, right? 20. Probably. 20. Yep. I remember. 2020. I remember. I remember because you were, um, when you reached out to me, it was before I had to do the whole press run for Takeout Girl. And I was still in a space of, I'm so scared to talk to people. And so when you reached out to me, I was like, Kathleen. I just don't know, I I don't know if I'm ready for it. I'm I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I'm ready to to speak, but then I had to, then I was forced to, not forced to, but then I had to learn, (laughs) so.
0: Yeah, you know what? I actually noticed you on the press run and I was something that I like visually was like, oh yeah, she. I could see your journey from the beginning of like sort of the press tours to like where you are now, just your comfort level of speaking with other people, being on camera a little bit more it kind of went almost full circle. So it really does. I mean, practice, I mean, being on camera and the opportunity that you gave yourself, which I cannot wait to talk about that is awesome. That's really, really cool.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I guess. Well, so you saw the improvement over time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I did. I really did. Cause I remember at one point I was like, I have so many guests that I have had on my podcast, so many people I would like to have on my podcast, and I just wish I would have more space. But I remember thinking, like, when I had asked you, you had said, you know, I really don't feel like I'm much of an actress right now. And this is, I can't remember if you had completed Takeout Girl or if it was in the process. And I remember thinking to myself, you're a lead of a feature film right now. What in the world? However, I know that. Being an artist, we got all kinds of things going on with us. Yeah. So I your your journey has been freaking awesome.
1: Yes. Well I, awesome. I I the reason why I didn't feel like an actress was because I guess after Take Out Girl, I had a lot of time to reflect about, you know, my journey in LA and I realized that I've only I, I didn't feel like an actress because my theatrical work was so limited and Takeout Girl is pretty much the only thing I've done. Um, and so when you're saying like, Hey, I have a podcast where they interview actors. I didn't feel like a real actress, you know, take out girl. It was like with that, I was more of a creator, you know, it was just coming from, you know, I was, I was reaching to raw materials that I, that I understood, understand. And so I didn't feel like it was very, I mean, I had to act, but I was acting from a place of familiarity. So I, I, you know, it wasn't like me play, playing a nun or playing, um, uh, you know, an IT genius or anything, you know?
0: <laughs> so so you, you played someone, yourself, character who you were very familiar with. Yes. I am definitely going to be playing a clip. So if you guys are watching, make sure to tune in because we're going to be pa- playing a quick clip of Takeout Girl. And if you're listening, tune into the audio. Let's see if I can do this. Let me set this up for us. I practiced, but we'll see. This is a game,
1: too. I ain't it, Becky? Casey? Sorry. That's not for you, fatty. That's for you. Delivery. Don't touch me. <laughs> Damn, man. Takeout Girl got heart. You got this. What is this? Whatever you need it to be. And what's in it for you, Takeout Girl? I ain't greedy. Eight to ten percent will keep the hot Cheetos and Alfafino on deck. <laughs> Excuse you, you can't be walking in here like this. Why'd you decline my invitation? If I come running like a dog this time, I'm gonna have to come running every time after that. Everybody got dirt.
0: Everybody got an agenda. Ooh-hoo, <laughs> All right, so this actually says coming soon, but. This is what I was gonna ask you. Take a girl is out and it's available. Hetty, where can people watch it?
1: Yes, yeah, it's streaming now on Hulu. Um, you can get also mm-hmm. get it on Amazon Prime, um, Apple TV, Google Play, Fandango, Voodoo, and um some of the people that's been reaching out to me, they actually saw it on saw it on Tubi too, so it's out on Tubi okay. as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and here's Shirt Twins. Shirt oh, twins, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not that they saw the clip, they know. You know, we're busing tables at this restaurant here from the movie. <laughs> yes.
0: Is this an actual restaurant?
1: Yeah, um in Cantonese it's Saigon Yugon. And um in the Bay Area my parents have a restaurant with that name. But um but phonetically it's spelled a little different. Um uh my dad's phonetically spelled it wrong. He spelled it like Saigon, like the Viet Vietnamese city Saigon. But this is like mm. the British British Cantonese spelling of that city or that harbor. And so, yeah, and I I just want to correct it for the movie.
0: (laughs) Yay. Yeah. I was like, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity to go into the closet and grab um, director Hassani Johnson's shirt, because this is his shirt from Takeout Girl. Everybody had shirts made. So I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to show this off. And maybe at some point we'll have merch, you know, know, just throwing it out there. (laughs) Maybe at some point we'll get there um, and to show the shirt off. And I'm I need to talk all about Takeout Girl because we're talking a lot about what it's like being in the industry as a female. And one of the things you had mentioned, like before I showed the trailer, you had said you didn't really feel like an actress because you hadn't really done that much before. And I'm sure having people ask you all the time, where have I seen you? Where can I see you and what have you done? It like really messes with your mind sometimes because, like, yes, I'm an actress, but. You're not going to see me on like the Disney channel right now, but it doesn't mean I'm not doing anything. I promise I'm acting. I'm an actress. That is my job. That's what I'm, you know, working towards, but man, man, Eddie. All right. So is that what it was like? What inspired you to create a feature film for yourself?
1: Uh, Well, so I moved to LA and I didn't know anything about the entertainment business. Um, You know, I'm from the Bay area. And I didn't have anybody else in my family that did entertainment. So as a kid, you know, I love movies. I love, you know, just watching, you know, movies half raised me. And I just thought like, oh, let me, uh, you know, if I like it, uh, maybe just acting for me. Um, so I moved to L.A. and um, I got my feet wet with music videos, commercials, um, lifestyle print, <laughs> whatever I can get. Right, Because when, when you're a working actress, you just try to get as many gigs as you can. Um, that fits
0: anything and everything right
1: right and uh and, and it was actually it was a really great experience because even though it wasn't theatrical work it just made you you um that experience you get you're just comfortable on a set you know in front of a big cast big crew um and you just you know you just feel like okay I'm getting used to this environment and that's what I that's kind of where I got my feet wet um I did book some commercials and um, I did do some theatrical work, but it was more for skits. Like my friends start, at the time, they, was, they were starting to do skits for like Vine. Vine was really big. Um, and now they're like like big time YouTube comedian people, you know. Uh, uh, so it's really awesome to watch them, watch their journey. Uh, and But as I was getting my feet wet, I realized that my interest um, lies like, not just in acting, but in creating. And I think I got that inspiration from watching all the artists around me, primarily, like, musicians. Um, like, for example, I would watch, you know, actors, we would audition, go back home, and pray and hope that we get a call back. Whereas I watch my I watched my mu- musician friends and also my comedian friends I see them, yes, they are, you know, they, they hope they can get certain jobs too, but meanwhile, they're working on their own creations. You know, and for the comedians, it was their skits, their comedy material, their stand-up material. For um, the musicians, the, the recording artists, it was their music, singing, rapping. Um, it could be producing beats. They're working on that, themselves, on their own projects and pushing their own work forward. Um, and I saw them investing in themselves, you know, as actors moving to LA, we're thinking like, okay, I auditioned, hopefully I can book it and make some money. And never did I think that it was, you know, like watching them, I realized like, wow, like you actually have to invest in yourself first. You know, if you if you really want to make a splash, because right now I'm really at the mercy of waiting on these casting directors to call me back. And, and it didn't really sit well with me.
0: You know, that's, Like the complete opposite story of myself. (laughs) I I got started when I was 17. I didn't know a single thing. I didn't know about getting headshots. I got like I went through yellow pages to get my first headshots. Like, you know, the internet hadn't exploded. Like things I didn't have a camera, like I barely had a cell phone. Like things were so different. And I feel like I actually wasted almost a decade of my life and career waiting to get an audition or waiting to to do anything that would actually be an investment and with it being said like you talked about investing in yourself in your career i think you have to think of it like well if i'm going to college i'm going to spend x amount of money couldn't i create a feature film for myself and be the lead in it and the character that i want to be with that same 10,000 or plus because School is expensive these days, and you can invest that money somewhere else. Um, And I just didn't have that mindset. But that's why I think it's so cool that you did that, because you took that whole, I'm not getting the opportunities, or you saw other artists, and you're like, that's what they're doing. Why aren't I doing that? And you went out and wrote a feature film. And how long was that process for you of writing a feature film? Uh, Did you write it by yourself?
1: Yeah. The first draft, it was uh, by myself. And I didn't know how to write a script. I mean, uh, I have uh, screenwriting friends, and actually, um, Keenan, um, who was a screenwriter himself, he gave me his key code for Final Draft. So, uh, because with Final Draft you get two codes, and he gave me one of them. So, shout out to Keenan. I always shout him out. Hey, and um, uh, and and with that, I had a, a very legit screenwriting program. I just didn't know, like, the format of. You know, just writing out the scenes and how do people introduce characters. So, you know, I thank God for the University of YouTube. I figured that one out. Right. Um, but even then, you know, uh, my first script, it was it was just for me, just as an artist, as a creator, I just wanted to get all my ideas on it, you know. So it was very rough. Um, I, I put all my ideas into it. Um, and by the time I got to Asani, Isani, who is the wonderful co writer of Take Out Girl. He saw the raw material that I was working with and he helped me streamline it and, and focus the story on the family. Um, he said the materials I had in the script, um, a lot of the characters I cut out, it was just more for a, like for a TV show rather than like a 90 minute feature film. And, that, and you know, it's uh, been an education working with him too. So, and, um, but yeah, that's how, you know, I just try to, before Hassani, um before I met Hassani, I just had to figure it out as much, as best as I could. And even though I knew I wasn't a, I knew I wasn't a pro writer, you know, it was my first script, but, but I saw, I saw um, how the other artists around me, they also made, you know, they they just kind of played with the cards they had, you know, and, and you just make do with what you have the best you could. And sometimes, and that, and sometimes that's enough to get things started, because what comes from the heart will eventually reach the heart, other people's hearts.
0: Oh, that was such a good little quote there. I feel like I need to mark that one down. Shout
1: out to my friend, Ed. He always says that. (laughs) What comes from the heart reaches the heart.
0: (laughs) That's great. Well, how did you go about, like, now that you have a feature film and you know you want to get it done and complete, how do you go about finding your team in a business that there's so many people there are so many scams. There's so many like crazy things. You don't know who to trust. You want to find the best person possible. How do you go about finding your team?
1: That's the hard one. I think, um, mm-hmm. I think in the entertainment business, it's such a wild, wild west because you don't know, you know, there's no background check to enter the entertainment business.
0: Right? Right?
1: So, why not? So, you, even on, you know, just doing background work, like I tell other girls doing background. You know, they'll, they'll be so, you know, they might be newcomers to LA and they're trying to be friendly because maybe they were told, like me, I was told when I first moved to LA, like, oh, you got to network, network with everybody you that, you know, you don't know who you might meet and da, 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 da. So I see some younger folks or, um, you know, the girls in the background holding, you know, they'll be so friendly. And, I, and sometimes I have to remind them, like, you know, just be a little careful because, these people, back, you know, just for example, background, they just got, yeah, we all got chosen for it, but you don't really know what their back. you know, yeah, there's anybody no could do it. anybody can do. You don't know if they're crazy or da da And I've actually had um, uh, this this fellow friend of mine, uh, actress of mine, she uh, was defending her friend on set who was being harassed by uh, another background person because that person wasn't all the way there. And so it happens. Um, And so me doing, uh, you know, at first the reason why I also wrote my script was at the time there was a producer I met and he was an older gentleman and he, you know, I, he was really interested in the idea. He, he loved the concept. So he kind of, you know, um, he was like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, let me see, let me see when you're done. I'm like, okay. And so I was always going to write it, but you know, it's just networking, right? I'm going to Pitch it to people I know, um, and he was one of them. And but it didn't work out well. And uh, and sometimes, especially as a woman in this industry, you just have to be careful because I think when men in this industry, when they network with other men, it's for the most part business. But as a as a woman, you're never sure if it's really a work meeting or something else. Yeah and uh yeah (laughs) and no but this person you know he uh he he was interested in producing it it's just it's just a lot of differences and um and i just didn't get along with him in the end and then that's when lauren introduced me to Sonny.
0: and lauren is an actor who plays (laughs) Darren. I'm so glad you said that because it had like slipped my mind. (laughs) (laughs) He plays Saren in Takeout Girl. He
1: played my older brother (laughs) in the movie.
0: Perfect. I was like, I've seen um, during the process and making of Takeout Girl while it was being edited, I've seen everyone's faces like 3 million times. But I'm like... I can't remember his name. I can't remember his character's name. Oh my gosh. Like it just completely slipped my mind. (laughs) It
1: happens. I got you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, And I feel like I can relate. And I've talked about this in my podcast so many times of like how I wanted to connect with somebody, but then they thought I was flirting with them or there was always something else involved. And I think that's a real struggle um, with it still. I know there's being a lot of progress being made, but it is still a male-dominated industry, and there's still this fear, unfortunately. Again, I do think things are changing, and I think there's a lot of progress being made, but there's still this idea of, like, I have to be nice to everybody because I don't want to piss people off because then I'm not going to get work again, or I'm going to have a bad reputation. I'm going to be the girl who's difficult to work with. I mean, think of someone like Katherine Heigl, what, like five years ago, she spoke up on I don't honestly, I don't even remember what she spoke up on, but now people are like, yeah, she's right. She was ahead of her time. Just with whatever it was she was talking about. And, but it kind of like almost killed her career for the time being. Like she got a lot of backlash, and that's kind of scary, especially when you're still building and you don't have those relationships yet. You don't have a name for yourself yet. The last thing you want to do is jeopardize any potential opportunities whether, um, they're right or wrong. And people don't necessarily tell you, Hey, I'm scamming you, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) It's, it's it's really crazy.
1: Um, I, I, fortunately, I, I knew, you, you know, you always hear, you always hear about, you know, in the entertainment business, being a little seedy, uh, being a little, you know, um, the casting couch, you know, whatever the stereotypes are about, the darker side of the entertainment industry. And um so I was very aware of uh being ready to walk away from and I don't I don't care if it's a real movie, but if I have to compromise myself, I won't. You know, so, um and I've been tested many times, you know, for various projects where sometimes it is a very legitimate project. It's just the person who was in charge or running it, he may be, you know, corrupt or whatever mm-hmm. you know the, sometimes the person the place in that position and you just have to you know you just have to know yourself enough and know your own boundaries um mm-hmm. you know and, and there's plenty of times where you know um manipulators and this is you know they always this is their like go-to thing is they'll dangle your dreams in front of you and they oh, dare yeah. you to walk over they're like oh you don't you know, you didn't. You know how many people have to go through, how many other girls had to go through this, and they did, and look where they're at. And to me, I don't know. Well, I'm not gonna swear on this, but, but you know, I just go like, I don't give a damn, like because end of the day, I have to be okay with what I did, and I'm not gonna be okay getting to getting to where I'm supposed to go by compromising my integrity and my values, because, because what the f- was what it is all for, <laughs> like you know, like. I because uh, it does, and also, I've always been a very um, uh, observant person, and I've seen how some of the girls around me may have compromised themselves, or you know, and and they think they were winning in the moment. They, they thought they were winning. They thought, and they did. I saw them get some gains momentarily, but it was, it's, but it's never some real lasting gain and you know, it's never, so I just, I, I just never, um, how do I say, I, it was easy for me to just stick to what I felt was right.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm curious, um, because I've also, I have a lot of stories personally for myself, but also other actresses that I had heard, um, ended up sort of just being, I'm doing air quotes, like, passed around with quite big name celebrities. And I think her idea was that if I please them in certain ways, then I'll eventually get my career. And unfortunately, she never did. She just got a reputation. Where does your um, mindset come from of, I know my worth. I know what I'm willing to compromise, what I'm not. Where does that even come from? Is that something that you think that you're born with or your upbringing? Where does that come from? think i was i i think i
1: would i mean i i'm stubborn so that's probably my upbringing in some ways mm-hmm. i'm pretty stubborn um but i think i was okay just making it as far as the best you know a lot of people's benchmarks is i want to get on this real i mean every you know who wouldn't right to be on a network tv show and all that and um be on a disney movie or whatever right dream come true yeah. but that's like that's great, that's great if we can get there in a way that, you know, that we believe in. But I, I think I've just seen other artists struggle and I've seen them, but I, I admire them so much. You know, I admire them so much and they're so talented and they stuck to their guns. And mm-hmm. um, and it just gave me, you know, it's artistic integrity, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I just, watching them stick to their guns, made me realize that my success, um, although to outsiders they'll judge me by my resume, by you know, my IMDB, but I know now, I know now, being a few years in, that this whole artist game is a lot more complex and intricate and very tricky. So so I was I think that just kind of gave me the courage to keep pushing in my own way. And then and but pushing independently. To. I think independent, yeah. the independent spirit, that entrepreneur spirit, um, because my family, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So when I saw how the other independent artists were pushing their own work, it kind of was an easy translation for me.
0: I think so. I, I mean, uh, I talk to hisani all the time and I say like, there's a lot of people I respect for the most part, but I think you're on another level of respect for me because oh. you took everything in your own hands you literally wrote a project for yourself and you went out and you actually did it like you accomplished it you have a feature film that is done and complete and it's successful and you guys killed it and it's so challenging because i can't even tell you how many stories i've written and i get stuck or i start going off in a tangent and then i just let me work on something else i just cannot get it done and maybe at some point i can but the entrepreneur entrepreneur i'm not even going to try and say that i think it's not happening for me entrepreneurial mindset i think definitely came from your family and to have that because i i don't think that's i don't i, I don't know like that never even occurred to me until i got to a certain place in my life like and i met certain people so I think you seeing it growing up and being able to translate it into your own career like that's amazing. I think it's like yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So great.
1: Yeah, I um you know with production, I think running a restaurant there's a lot of departments to it. You know, especially in a Chinese mm-hmm. restaurant where you have um in the kitchen there's the particular department where they make dim sum, then you have like the people in the back that make the entrees and the um and when I see production, I just see it as a whole bunch of departments coming together to make things work. And so, um, and also I've worked in uh, the crew side. I was a PA too, you know, amongst Mm -hmm. my many gigs in LA, I was a PA. So I just had a, I had a respect for, um, I have a respect for what it was and, and whether it's, you know, for a bigger company or a smaller company, I think if the, if the project's great, You know, why not? Why not? Um, So I and and like I said, I got I got got a lot of my inspiration from independent artists, independent productions and seeing those independent productions becoming bigger or carrying them to the next chapter.
0: Yeah, it's like artists inspiring other artists. And I kind of want to get into, because I know we had talked about sort of the artist mentality. Did you have, I'm, I'm sure you did. Did you have any fears of being your own boss and being the lead of a feature film? Yeah, I have fears to this day. Because you did it. <laughs> you did it. And you did it such a good job. Oh. <laughs> what was that like for you?
1: Um, not letting your fears paralyze you. And that we could, mm. we could, uh, I still, like I said, I'm. I still have a lot of fears today. And as you get older, you just kind of learn to work through them. They don't ever really disappear. Um, When I was making takeout, Mm -hmm. girl, I had a lot of insecurities. Um, I wasn't in the best place in my life in general, you know, mentally. Um, But I just, you know, you just, with the focus that you have at that time, you just try your best, you know, and it's great to Mm -hmm. have team, uh, great team members around you because they can give you that support. And sometimes all you need is a little guidance and direction and advice from your fellow from your fellow team members and you're like, okay, okay, I got this. And, and seeing them work hard makes you want to work hard, just as hard, you know?
0: Right. And I have a question because I was curious and I found that for myself and my podcast. Now that you have sort of, you do, you have an entire feature film and you've learned so much. Has this changed your... Confidence, your motivation, how, what is like the big, big outcome besides having like a a project? What else have you learned from this whole process? A lot. Uh, I, it, it definitely
1: opened doors for me. I am so grateful to have this project under my belt because now I can tell people what I've been working on for so many years know and just say mm. you know uh, because I I have a lot of friends them be like I remember when you was just writing that outline um Lauren remembers when I was just um when I was going like hey I want you to play my big brother can you look at this outline for me tell me you know what kind of dialogue you think you might say in this situation you know I just wanted to use them as inspiration too and mm. and I bet I bet most of them was like, oh, that's nice. But they probably didn't think much would come of it, right? And then five years later, six years later, it's like, oh, it's on Hulu now. And they're like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) And even for me, I didn't even know where it would end up. I just had my North Star, which is my work. And I just kept, as long as I keep seeing leads, I will keep following them. And that's kind of, that's all you can really do. There's no guarantees in this business. There's so many great projects that doesn't, finish that uh for whatever reason or if they do get finished mm-hmm. they may not get a proper dis- distributor or sorry not distri- distributor no it's wait distribution distribution <laughs> distributor. <laughs> distributor there you yeah. go that's the I mean, word <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know and and that's the thing about indie art is we're just kind of like always in the rough and we're just hoping that you know we can cut through that rough um uh mm-hmm. and but i i think a lot of times with artists, though, uh, we just have a story to tell, and it's going to keep plaguing us until we tell it, or until it's, we express it enough.
0: hmm Do you find that people are taking you more seriously now because you're like, look, this is what I've accomplished, this is what I can do, and I will do it again? Yes.
1: Because they see it on Hulu. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they... H-
0: Hulus, I mean, that's a big one, too. Like, it's not even like check out amazon prime here's my youtube channel it's like it's legit, I, yo.
1: yeah i am so i feel so blessed um so grateful um yeah people you know they see that and they want they they want to get to a similar goal and they would you know they would contact me for their projects and um mm-hmm. or or just the, off the strength of that you know i, I might have people, other people reach out to me about producing and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what they don't understand is that we did take our girl completely independently, which took another level of grit and blood and sweat and tears that I don't think some of these creators are willing to do. Um, I mm-hmm. you know, a part of me is not even ready to do it anything again, come percent independently now because that one hurt. Yeah. That one hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, I always tell Hasani, like that was us going through the trenches. And now we will hopefully Mm -hmm. use that as the next stepping block as a stepping stone to the next thing, greater thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's what I was saying. Like it's, it's a lot of work and I don't think people realize how much work actually goes into it until they start it themselves. And that's why it's so impressive because you actually were able to follow through and get it done. And, um, Has it also, like, now that you've gone through so much, it's been ups and downs, challenges, and it's such a long process, are you able to spot the bullshit a little bit easier now, too, when people approach you to help make their project? Like, can you see maybe, like, the determination with other people? Like, no, they they don't have the work ethic. Because I think there's a work ethic that's definitely required.
1: Yeah. uh, uh, The work ethic, I can spot. The work ethic I can spot, and uh, with a particular friend of mine, he came to me with this TV show idea, and I could see his work ethic definitely there. He, he's done what he could with the knowledge, the limited knowledge that he had, and and I saw it, I saw what he was doing, and I decided to jump on as a writer to help him streamline everything, streamline the story, um, um, so... With him, it wasn't so much, um, it was just a lack of knowledge about the best way to go about things. But he had the work ethic. With some people, um, they will come to me and be like, hey, there's this guy that's telling me that I have to pay him to get my ideas pitched. Is that how it works and all that? And, mm-hmm. and you know, I wouldn't, there's still, like I said, this business of a wild, wild, west. And it is. I don't want to say that's the wrong way, but I would just tell them that's not what I've done. That's not. i I didn't go down that way you know um and so then they'll just take that knowledge and do what they will with it but i i won't i won't tell somebody that's not a way to go about it because who knows who the heck knows in this wild wild west but it's true but i would try to edge you know give my knowledge to them and, and tell them perhaps there's better ways you know just think just don't think this is your only way again whoever this person is dangling like oh I have ne- connections to these networks. And if you pay me, I will pitch it to them. And if you don't pay me, well, good luck. And it's kind of like they, you know, they make it like the end all be all when when I'm kind of letting them know, like, it, it's not the end all be all. And you're not, you're not even sure if this guy you're paying, if he's even talking to the right person at HBO, like, mm-hmm. who is this guy? You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's that, it's that damn golden carrot, and sometimes it just looks freaking delicious. And you're like, I want it. It sounds good. And we're in a business of bullshitters. Everybody's an actor. Everybody is an actor to some capacity. And because it's so hard to get your name out there, everyone bullshits. And everybody has to, I know it it sounds really bad, but everybody has to like promote themselves and talk themselves up and sound more important. And it's so hard because some people are so good and you're like, well, do I believe them? Do I not? Do I believe them? Do I not? And like, sometimes I'll be, be, I'll go and look on someone's IMDb and I'm like, "Mm, mm." but then maybe they are creating a lot of content on social media. So maybe they are serious. They just haven't had an opportunity. Or, like yourself, you said you didn't have a strong IMDb, but you just created a feature film. It's, it's,
1: um, I found a good team.
0: It's, <laughs> I found good team members. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting navigation. It and is. now, now that you have all of this under your belt, like what motivates you to keep going?
1: Well, um, before I get onto that topic, I, I do want to put out some advice for people listening and, you know, hearing all, like you said. Uh, this business seems to be a lot of scammers, bullshitters, or people that just ain't about nothing. Um, I will say, and this is something I learned from my dad. He's a—he's definitely an entrepreneur, and he said, anytime you're doing business, you will have losses. You know, you will have losses. That's the cost of doing business. So you know, uh, so speaking from an acting point of view, I know some people, um, some actors, they'll pay for workshops. Uh, casting workshops to get to audition in front of an agent or they'll pay for whatever service it seems so they can possibly get seen and they'll ask me like oh should I do it should I not and you know there's, you know casting there's so many of these things who knows if they're real or not but I, I tell them this I tell them this I go I tell them that they they can try they can try it um but to have the expectation of this may not go anywhere but if there's a part of me that wants to try it do it even if it's for nothing it's the cost of doing business and gaining experience because i think a lot of people in this world right now they don't want to lose nothing they don't want to you know spend nothing they don't want to lose nothing unless they're gaining something but i know for a lot of entrepreneurs is the path to success was really paved by a lot of losses you know and so and, and some people that, you know, I felt this way sometimes I, even when I was a new actress, I would pay for something, something a little, you know, just whatever I could afford. And it's like a workshop to audition in front of this agent and I'll do it and I'll be like, was that even worth it? And I would beat myself up thinking that, oh, wow, I'm stupid. Why did I just do that? It was probably for nothing, And <laughs> you know. But now that I'm older, I realized I just I had to do what I had to do to keep following my lead. You know, um, and uh, and now that I know the business better, uh, you know, I I just eh, so many paths, so many paths to different, you know, to your destination. And but I just want to tell the artists out there that it's okay if you try something, even though you're not 100 percent about it, because that's part of just doing business.
0: I agree. And I'm going to touch on something that you said earlier. Um, and you mentioned not being scared to walk away. And I do a lot of hosting work, especially at trade shows and stuff like that. And there is no like set standards of rates. And so I had a friend recently ask me, she goes, so what should I quote them? Like, what do you think? And I'm like, well, it depends on what the project is. Like, it's possible that you quote them too high and then you lose the job, but it's also possible that you underquote them and you're not paid with your worth. And so I think that there has to be some type of trial and error and you have to not be scared to lose the opportunity, but also um yes, knowing knowing your worth, but also not be scared to walk away. Like I am going to quote a certain rate and if I overquote and I lose that job, I have to be okay with the fact that I just lost that opportunity and I'm going to be okay to walk away it's not something that I'm going to dwell on forever because it is, um, you know, like a tree and a path and a journey. And we're all going to make these mistakes because there is no, like, there is no right way to succeed. Like there are no steps, there's no ladders. And, and I think that's why a lot of people walk away from the industry because it's an interesting path. And I'm wondering if that's, Maybe you have a different opinion, but if that's sort of what it, the artist mentality is of trying different things, because there's not a lot of stability. There's a lot of different, you can have the most creative way to succeed and it could work, but it's going to be different for everybody.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I think artists, um, artists were like innovators, you know, not just with the art, but with the way we, the way we go about it. And so so I think everybody has their own formula to navigate this crazy world. Um, And and yeah, uh, so with the rates, you know, um, if you, you know, you just put out the rate that you think and if you lose it, you lose it. But remember what I, what we talked about in the beginning, that's not the NLB off because you're also supposed to have your other, whatever your multiple things you got going on for yourself. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just, it's not that, it's not just that one job that you do. It's not, it's not, you know, every one thing. And uh, being an artist, I think we always have to have multiple type of gigs anyway.
0: To keep yourself occupied. That's a mm-hmm. big thing I do with my podcast is while like auditions are slow, or I don't have any. Well, at least I have this podcast and my blog, which you can find at castlinrosecom slash blog to keep myself creative and always working and pursuing instead of waiting around for something to happen because th- yeah, the industry is kind of crazy and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and rejections. And speaking of rejections, how do you deal? Is that how you deal with, you know? I don't even want to say rejections because I think that's kind of a harsh word, but getting those no's and not getting those opportunities that you want. um, How do you deal with that as an artist? Because you put so much of your creativity and your heart and your time. And sometimes you just don't get that reward that you feel like you deserve or want.
1: So when I audition for other people's projects in my head already, I already know it's probably a no uh, because they, they, they probably never really seen they're probably the type of character they're looking for or because a lot of times when they create these roles um and if it's for an asian female role in their head they're already looking for a certain type and they're just trying to find her in the casting tapes uh i don't think i think the the t- uh i think my type is is more underrepresented so my type doesn't even come up a lot of times. Um, so when I audition for these, I try to be, I try to bring me into the mix because I think that's the unique factor, um, you know, and, and also try to give them a little bit of what they want. But part of me already kind of know that I'm not who they want, which is fine because that's why I always push my own, my own work as well. And that's what Takeout mm-hmm. Girl was.
0: Yeah, and I actually forgot to, like, talk about it. Uh, Hetty's also a rapper, and I was watching your music video. Um, you'll have to tell me the name of it because I forgot, but your music video is really, really good. Aww. Where could we watch that? I'll, I'll put it, uh, a link in the comment sections, but if someone wants to, if you're listening, how could people go and watch that?
1: It's on YouTube if you just Google. Um, so my artist's name is Juliet Mustai. It's the same as my IG, and the track is called Who Do You Trust? And uh, I, oh. yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Juliet Must Die comes from, it's all one word, Juliet Must Die. Uh, it's just a play off of the movie with Jetlene Leah, Romeo Must Die. And the whole music thing, oh. like your like your podcast and your blog, it's my version of my podcast. I just, I like music because it's an outlet for me. And it's a way for me to stay, to keep sharp, keep artistically sharp. Mm. and
0: I I was wondering about that
1: yeah and and I've always loved writing I think as a kid as a kid um, I've always like wrote little stories so you know when I reflect on it when I reflect on my life I was always more of a writer than any I was always a writer first and then anything else just kind of sprung from that so music was a um, was just an expansion of the writing and and being able to perform what I wrote
0: Yeah, I have two questions um, coming up, circling in my mind. First question is one of the struggles I'm having with my podcast and everything else that I'm doing is sometimes I'm feeling a little spread thin and I can't really focus on, uh, say, just my acting career. Or if I'm just doing blogs and podcasts right now, then an audition comes up and I know you're supposed to be like on top of your audition game all the time and it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But like when it's like 15 pages, that's going to take some time and it's... I don't want to say distracting because that's a terrible word, but um, it takes time. How do you balance both uh, your rapping and an acting career?
1: Then I haven't done a great job in balancing. Um, (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I don't put out a lot of music. Um, I want to, like I want to. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I wonder like, like, are you even a musician if you don't even create music all the time and all that? Um, You know, I, I, I. I, I struggle to find a balance. I just tackle whatever seems like first priority first, which is auditions because they usually have a deadline and you have to memorize ten pages in two days. So yeah. you're like, "Oh, let me just get this out the way," and then and then you spend another few days like resting after all that tobacco. <laughs> um, I I would say for me right now, I'm telling myself to take advantage of the time I have just. Um, I think because I was kind of new to the whole audition pilot season and just being sent a lot of auditions and it would just kind of throw me in a loop. All I did was just memorize, submit. Here's another one. Oh, okay. Let me memorize, get my readers lined up, submit, you know, shoot the yeah. self-tape, submit. It's always a big thing. Um, Now that I'm like two, three years in, I'm more used to the flow. And now I kind of want to Um, get more back into music I'll find you know music for me I I don't think I'll ever you know have commercial success from it it's just something that I do like I said to stay to stay sharp and so for anybody that's interested in to see what I've been doing they can look it up and be like oh okay that's what she about and I'm like yeah there you go Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and you know I think sometimes I was talking to my friend the other day I'm like man like because you know, one of my friends was like, "Man, that's so great! Like, you're so creative, and I admire you for sticking to your dreams and the pursuit of, you know, um, all this." And I was feeling down at the moment, but I'm just like, I was telling my friend, I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like, is this a blessing or is it a curse to be creative? Because when you're, yeah, because this is not mm-hmm. an easy path. So, mm-hmm. so what the hell are we? You know, it's like, what are you doing this for? Oh, it's because I'm cursing. I can't yeah. stop. I can't stop because I can't imagine, you know, it, it, but it's not an easy life. I mean, do I feel blessed to keep doing it? Yes. But it's not yeah. easy. It's not easy at all. And I sometimes I daydream about like, why can't I just be less creative? Why can't I just be happy crunching numbers and being an accountant? Damn it. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I actually had a really similar situation. I just went up to Seattle Hisani and I were at the Black Film Festival in Seattle with the short film Blunt that you were also a producer on and I met up with a friend who I totally forgot moved up there and he was talking about wanting to kind of get involved in maybe some commercials and with his son his son is adorable and he wants to model and one of the things he said to me he's like yeah you know I don't know how you do it um Because I tried for like three months and it was too hard and I stopped, but I really admire you that you've been doing it this whole, this whole time and you're still going. And I was like, wow, that freaking means a lot to me because I've had so many times where I'm like, I'm done, I'm quitting, but then I can't quit because I just can't do it. I don't know what my problem is. I just can't quit. And so then I was thinking like, is this nature versus nurture the determination, the relentlessness, and just the persistence. I I don't know. I don't know that answer. Like, is this something that you can learn to keep going and push through those hard times? Or is it just you as an individual? Are you just the type of person who keeps going? I don't know.
1: I think we keep going because this is truly a form that we are passionate about you know and and although although you know it I think I think true artists they keep doing it no matter what even if it's not in any like even if there's no commercial success maybe they only mm-hmm. reach a few people around them a part of them always have to keep expressing their art you know yeah and um and and it's just and that's that's kind of what I notice about people that are who are truly creative, um, they just kinda keep doing it somehow or doing something related to it. You know? Mm-hmm. And um and I get inspired by that. And and that's kinda that's what kinda gives me peace sometimes, you know. It gives me peace knowing that I'm not I'm not the only one feeling this way, like feeling like wow, is this you know, like this is crazy. Why am I keep doing it if you know, if it's such a struggle? But seeing other artists who are, you know, who's been in, an, in it longer and seen how they maintain a balance. That kind of gives me some, um, just some direction.
0: I think that's what it is. It's artists inspiring other artists. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. Uh, I was watching Belair. Air. If you guys haven't watched it, Bel Air is like great. And Aunt Viv actually, you know, she was a painter and now she doesn't paint anymore. And she actually said, I'm reading this quote. I'll just, can y'all see it here? Anyways, uh, it says, artists don't cease from being an artist, even if it's been years from their last work. If you're an artist and that's who you are and that's what you do, just because you're not creating now does not mean you are no longer an artist. Like you don't just wash that off and it doesn't just disappear. You're still an artist. You're just not having commercial success. So
1: right, right. just
0: something to think about that. Yeah,
1: I think so. Cause like I said, I've always been a writer first. Um mm-hmm. and I, I just didn't think I was ever gonna you know, as as I'm a kid, I'm just writing for fun. Didn't think I would write professionally ever, so I just distracted myself with other things. And then I still always come back to this this path somehow, some way. I, I actually really did try to distract myself. Um, at a very early <laughs> age I knew I wanted to pursue acting. Um and, but I'll be like, well, who wants to struggle like that? And I would try to do everything else mm-hmm. but this because who the heck wants to struggle like this? And I tried. Mm-hmm. And then it just got, I think that's what, I, that's what I mean by saying it might be a curse because it's this thing in your head that keeps circling back and you keep circling. And so when I made the move, uh, the move to LA, it just got to the point where, all right, Hetty, you know, you only have this amount of time in life. The other stuff that you could do, you know, working at the restaurant, let's say, it's going to be there for you when it, when you're, you know, it's, you could work at the restaurant forever if you want, you know, but this, this artist thing, you probably have to try now because it's probably, you know, um, you got to just get your feet wet now, you know, start. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of drove me to make my move, make that whatever turn in the fork in the road. And I've been on this I road think so too. Mm-hmm.
0: I think uh, even things like school, I think school's always going to be there. School is never disappearing. And I also like to think like when I'm 90 years old and I look back on my life, like, am I going to regret not trying? What am I going to regret not doing? And speaking of success, uh, what is your definition of success? And do you feel successful?
1: I've been feeling more successful lately and it has nothing to do with commercial success. Um, uh, it after takeout girl, we like I so said, my friend approached me with this TV concept and I saw the work ethic. I saw all the, you know, he's, he's even procured a uh, a bus because this is about high schoolers and they're mm. all, always on the bus taking the bus. He even got a bus. Uh, he knew he, you know, he networked like he with somebody who bought always a bus. No, he, ha- he met somebody who owns several buses. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And um, and then when I hopped on board, uh, you know, I-, I hopped on episode two with him, and I started to help him shape the story. Of course, my input is in it. Um, and and I-, I was really happy working on that with him, even though it wasn't a project created by me. I, I you know, I... It kind of comes down to like when I think of the team, you know, we're all a dream doesn't happen just by yourself. You know, it takes a community Mm -hmm. and a dream, you know, a dream. We're all kind of responsible for making each other's dreams come true. And and helping him with his TV show. It it made me feel really good. It made me feel really good because it made me feel like like everything I've done. You know, I, sometimes artists, we think about our own projects, you know, what am I going to do next, yeah. da, 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 but helping him, it made me feel good and, and successful, you know, and hopefully we can get a green light.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I really think like anything is possible. And you know, it's really funny. Um, cause I think we move so fast, like in life and society that sometimes like we did it and I move on to the next, we did it, move on to the next, What? Social media, one of the best things about it is I've actually like gone through my own Instagram at castlenrose.com. Oh, no, no, no. At castlenrose. And And, um, I'm just trying to plug myself at all times possible because that's what we- Keep plugging. That's what we do. We have to. (laughs) We have Mm -hmm. to. And I go back and sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, I did do that job. Oh, yeah, I toured here. I danced there. I accomplished this. I have this and that. And sometimes I feel like an absolute- loser and it doesn't help all the people in your ear doing this 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 and this but when i go back to reflect and all the things i've accomplished like holy moly like i've done so much and i should be really proud of myself and i think as artists we're really really hard on ourselves and we do have a lot of uh naysayers and all those people in your ears all the time but i think uh I just really think we inspire one another and there's a lot to be proud of and a lot to, um, I mean, so much more to do, so much more to create, which is always exciting and motivating to continue to keep on going.
1: Yes. Uh, I think one of our artists fears or something that kind of probably haunts us is like our, what our next thing should be Mm -hmm. or like, Oh, you know, um, it's always some benchmark that seems to be getting further and further away, sometimes, or it just seems really high. And like I said, just keep following the leads, but also know that your life is not validated by, by, um, what people will consider successful in the art world. You know, uh, and that's why I say, uh, just you know, living a good life, being good to people, helping others, people helping other people's dreams. That makes me feel more fulfilled than, than like oh. I booked this. It's great. I want. I want to book jobs, but I'm not gonna let booking jobs define my success mm-hmm. in life. And I think an artist, we're so it's such a hard path that we keep thinking that once I get that big job, once I get that big booking, my life will be so much better. Yeah. But really, we have to make our lives better now with the people that we have in our lives right now. Because I've seen, uh, you know, I've dated a workaholic, and his and his needle of whatever life he wants is always ahead of him, and he,
0: you know, mm-hmm. and he
1: doesn't work on himself because because his excuses, very similar to him, my, my family of workaholics, is that, oh, because I got, I got too much work to do. I got too much work to do. And work almost becomes an excuse not to work on other things in life
0: mm-hmm. that will make it more balanced. Ooh, ooh. Um, I I just wanted to tell this story popped into my mind because this happened to me like a couple months ago. Oh, yes,
1: please do. Please do. Uh,
0: This is touching upon having to be okay with yourself and finding success and all those moments that are a success and really capitalizing and focusing on it and not listening to other people. Because I was at a dinner and it was with family and this other family friend was along and he was like cuz you know my sister's very successful but we have completely different careers and I'm successful too but we're just we have different careers and he goes to me so what is exactly is it that you do and I said oh uh I'm an actress I do all this on camera stuff and he goes well where have I seen you on I said um you know you'll see me on a lot of independent projects or web series and he goes so you're not an actress I said um no, I, I am an actress and that's how I make my money. He goes, well, where are you on the billboards? You're not an actress then. And I was like, this is the grossest thing I've ever heard. And even my sister was like, damn, that was rude. But it's people like that who are not artists, I feel, just sometimes don't get it. They don't understand. Um, but also his lack of support and honestly, just his rudeness was really gross to me.
1: Anyways. Uh, yeah, his, his perspective about what acting or a real actresses is, is very very limited because just from the questions he said like are have i seen you in anything like he probably means tv oh are you on a billboard first of all the greatest some of the greatest actors or thespians they're on stage yes they're they're doing shakespeare yeah. they're doing shakespeare and then they'll never be on a billboard because for whatever reason that's not related to their talent you know like, some of the greatest actors I saw, like, that just moved me beyond where I found on stage.
0: Yeah, I, and it was, like, um, and the, the fact that he was, like, oh, so then you're not an actress was, like, Oh, gross, dude. Like, you're just, like, nasty. Ew. like, some of the things you have to deal with. But I think had, like, I've been a little bit younger in my career and younger in life in general, that probably would have hit me a little harder. And I probably would have taken it a little mm-hmm. bit more to heart than mm-hmm. I do now being – however old i am and <laughs> working and accomplishing things so yeah that definitely he could have depending
1: on the type of soul he was speaking to he could have definitely killed somebody's dream absolutely in the there not okay um yeah it, because like i said this little wild wild west like there is no formulated way to get to a billboard or whatever but there's a lot of, a lot of the actors I actually admire, they're not on billboards. They're always in the supporting roles.
0: Absolutely. Um And I, I,
1: darn it, I wish I could, uh, if the actor in Training Day, um,
0: Denzel, he, not Denzel, not <laughs> Ethan,
1: but he plays the, the, cho- the head Cholo and, but he, so he's from New Zealand. He's from New Zealand and in Training Day, he plays like you know, like like a, a Latin gangster and all that. And then um, in another movie, he's playing an Indian man. Like, he was playing a, a guru. Not Danny Trejo, right? You, not Danny Trejo. Hold on. I'm gonna look, the, look him up really quick. It's, once I say, it's like Cliff and he's from he's a New Zealand. Uh, he's from New Zealand. He's cute. But the way he looks, he's yep, yep. <laughs> he He has an ethnically ambiguous look, so he's always playing in Cliff Curtis. Oh. Cliff Curtis, that's who when I show you his face, you'll you'll recognize him, I'm but looking. he's played in so many you see
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: He's been in so many like TV shows, movies, like like award winning movies. But even to this day, I think of this man and i i I can't recall his name sometimes, but I remember how he moved me. But yeah. like I said, a rose by any other name is still a rose. He's still a great actor. I just happen to, because he he's such a chameleon. He changes, you know, like he, he could talk with an Indian accent and you're like, oh, he's Indian. That's, and that's probably, they hired him. And then all of a sudden he's like this OG Latin, you know, cholo dude in training day. And I'm like, oh wait, I'm so confused. His accent's so good. And then sometimes he plays like a Middle Eastern man in another thing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, that's the same guy, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I bet, I bet people, you know, like. I, to me he's amazing yeah i want to be like that totally you I, know he was one of my inspirations and to this day i had to look him up
0: yeah well i, I mean so like bad. and the people that are on billboards are like i feel like the same 10 people all the time like it's literally the exactly. same people so it was like dude you need to chill but yeah had i been younger that would have really mentally messed me up um Because even now, like, it's stuck with me, but it doesn't... It's just like, ooh, you're the dumbass. That has nothing to do with me. That's on you. So, I'm going to transition us here to our moment of positivity. The moment of positivity, I like to give... The honor to my guest if you have any advice quotes motivational tips just things that like keep you going something that like helps you stay positive for all the times that are just absolutely bananas
1: for all the times that you know my my thoughts are always related to my work my artist's work and all that um something that kind of keeps me more balanced or just kind of uh because when we're focused on like, oh, what do we, we got to do next? What do we have to accomplish next? It gets, it's kind of, you know, sad sometimes as it just seems so far away. Uh, for me to smell the flowers, to smell the roses that are here right mm. now, that keeps me positive to enjoy, to enjoy life as is right now. Um, to enjoy all the flavors and the colors that you have right now in life. Uh, we're always, you know, as, actresses we're always thinking about the next thing we could be in might be in but I kind of like to think that I'm already in my own movie you know yeah it's my own life that I'm in and I'm I'm so grateful for it
0: I like that also just something that popped into my mind because you emphasized actresses and I feel like this is an entire different podcast episode but I feel like there's an additional pressure being females not only your biological clock but in casting sense, you'll always see a young, gorgeous female in her young 20s opposite a male who's 40s and 50s. And I'm like, that's so limiting for women. It's almost like once you're 40, in my mind, I have this, like, fear. And, dude, 40 is fantastic. You're, like, experienced. Like, you have so much more of life behind you. But there's just I, – I feel so much pressure getting older as a female, and that does make me have a lot of stress and pressure, but to think about living in the moment right now and everything I've done in the past and everything I will be doing going forward is what I have to focus on as well. Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. We do have a lot of pressure as being the female gender, especially in our industry, those fears, everything that you listed, it doesn't escape me either. Um, what I tell myself, though, is that it sounds really artsy fartsy, but um, the energy, the frequency of certain souls, it just gets richer over time. Now that I'm, you know, a little older, I I realize that I um, that my energy is is so much more richer. And I wouldn't have had this type of energy when I was younger, when I was a little puppy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a, a certain uniqueness that cannot be imitated. So yes, we are, you know, evolving, maturing, but we're bringing a type of energy that cannot be imitated sometimes. And I think that's the key ingredient to making something great too.
0: Yes. Yes. That's Awesome age yes
1: yeah. it's a privilege we're like right? fine wine. it's a privilege to get to
0: it, yeah it really
1: and, is and and not to make things so harsh but there are people's lives that are getting cut short every day mm-hmm. you know they they um and and so to to be able to grow older it is a privilege because there's some people that never get that chance to.
0: I agree with you a million percent because that just ran through my mind and that runs through my mind all the time. And that's why I live the life that I live right now, because tomorrow is not guaranteed. It, it's just not. Mm-hmm. Well, Hedy, um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Uh, anything you're working on? Anything coming out?
1: Uh I can't say it yet, I guess, because I guess when it when it comes it'll show. But I, I booked a role recently for this Netflix show. It's just a small, small role and it, it'll air. I think one of them the main actors telling me, Oh, it should air it should air in January. So I just have a little small guest co-star Yay! for one episode.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations. I mean it's those small, like little things that eventually over time, like they build up and they become huge things, but also like it seems really small, but like you've been working for it for so long. Like it's a huge win. It's an accomplishment. And I think, yeah, it's something to be proud of. And, uh, well, you said January is going to come out. Yeah. But they
1: just say, Dang. um, he was saying, yeah, cause he was saying that Netflix had this, like, I don't know who, you know, it's hearsay at this point, it's hearsay, but the young actor I was talking to was uh, one of the leads. He was saying that, um, Netflix feel they, from the studies or algorithms i think that people don't really watch tv shows over the holidays they watch mainly movies so that's why they're going to drop their series in january instead of during the holidays or earlier okay i don't know i was
0: like dang who like, knows? we're in we're in may right now january sounds like yeah. a really long time but yeah but I guess... who knows
1: maybe 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 the show will air sooner you know plans change all the time but at the at that time it was saying it'll air in january
0: Alrighty, well, congratulations on that, and I want to thank you for sharing your information, your knowledge, your insight. Uh, Takeout Girl is amazing, and it is available on huge, to yep, yep, yep. It's available on Hulu as well as um, Amazon Prime and all of the other places listed below. Hetty is the lead writer, producer, and actress of Takeout Girl feature film. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Always Acting Up and you thank you for having me absolutely Mm -hmm. i'm so excited we'll probably have to do another one and everyone make sure to like comment subscribe leave all your comments questions and suggestions in the comment section below and i think uh, i think that's it for us i think we're all set i think we did good we did good we did good yeah (laughs) it's been a little it's been a while for both of us but um yeah i think we did good i think we have a cameo real fast you want to say hi it's gonna be on the recording so you better come in Ooh, who's that is that the director of takeout girl <laughs> it sure is that is hasani johnson everyone all right we're gonna close out you guys have a good day thank you hetty thank you